You're beautiful. back on the air you motherfuckers i am back for another episode of horror bullshit and i'm not alone this week you maniacs i brought my main man jason harold hi everybody what's up jason straight from your mom's basement how are you sir i am uh warm yeah went from, i was gonna say you were hot but. well I, I i you know i don't i i like to be modest yeah uh dude the temperature around here well last week we were complaining about snow and uh frozen flowers and bullshit like that now i've got a goddamn sunburn jason <laughs> i didn't sign up a, f- a ridiculous farmer's tan you at can that. never get a sunburn if you just stay inside and watch movies ah uh, yeah I learn lo- learn from my mistakes i would love that to be my problem <laughs> is that <laughs> i watch too many movies indoors it is not unfortunately uh yeah man the, the temperature spiked it's beautiful uh, i went for a run the other day finished about 8 30 p.m sun was still barely going behind the mountains it's that time of year big dog it's not even remotely hot yet i think it is oh, i think it's it is. gonna get so much worse oh i know come uh, july yeah i don't know I'll, I'll probably just uh run screaming naked through the sprinklers out front or something Ooh. you like that oh yeah that turn you on yeah. well <laughs> hey i'm not gonna stand up anytime soon <laughs> uh it's okay i mean this is this is what happens this time of year and that's that's northern nevada weather for you it's, yeah it'll probably have snow flurries tomorrow morning yeah uh i don't know about you but every time there's like n- not necessarily a cold snap or snow or anything like that my tire gauges go completely haywire and they tell me like three of my wheels are flat i stopped ignoring those stupid things years ago i probably should do the same <laughs> but i can't stand seeing that little light on my dashboard that little alert well if that thing. was the only light that was illuminated on my dash i'd care <laughs> oh, but no. i figure it's just kind of like looking at christmas all the time multiple <laughs> multiple lights, lights. <laughs> multiple uh, warnings destruct has been yeah. initiated <laughs> <laughs> yeah the old armada is about to hit three hundred thousand miles wow so yeah it, it it has its quirks about it but uh, well I going strong you, all in all i tell you what if you're still driving it at three hundred thousand miles that's like a you should be paid by Nissan at that point, I think, because that's like a commercial, pretty much. Oh, I'm a living spokes- spokesperson for this vehicle, man. I love this sure. thing. Absolutely. You wouldn't think it the way I maintain it, but... You don't. <laughs> no, I you don't. don't. <laughs> hey, whether it needs it or not, that oil gets changed every at least 20,000 miles. <laughs> Weird sounds coming from the engine. Just turn up the stereo. <laughs> That's all that means. Right on, man. Well, we got a. Uh, well, what's up with you? Did we miss anything with you? 
Uh, let's see. I was slated to be here last week, uh, but in keeping in line with everybody else's mother falling apart, um, I was out and about heading to the mailbox, uh, found out that at my house where my mom is now living with me and my wife, Sarah, of course. Uh, let's see. My mama was choking to death. Oh. Uh, Sarah ended up having to give her the Heimlich. Hey. Um, uh, the humorous uh irony of it is that on the doorstep in an amazon box was a device that saves people from choking to death wow (laughs) so all right but here's here's sarah coming to the rescue having never been trained or performed this in her life uh but you know she did did what needed to be done mama's alive and kicking and uh everybody's good now you know what i figured i'd skip the podcast last week though. Uh, no i'm with you on that <laughs> but i'll tell you what if i have to pick between like a um like a, if i'm choking to death in a room alone with say your wife sarah and miss monica i'm i'm, I'm waving to your wife sarah first <laughs> um your wife sarah and Pretty much everybody that I work with, again, your wife, Sarah, <laughs> over here. Uh, your wife, Sarah, and... Um, random hobos. Random hobos. <laughs> uh, pretty much anybody that isn't wearing like a, a Remza uh, uniform, I'm, I'm going to wave your wife, Sarah, down first. <laughs> good, good call. Yeah, yeah. Sarah, if you're listening, you're, you're, you're officially my go-to for choking now. Uh, at least involuntarily. And you're my choice to make choke. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> in that special oh, way. Oh, God. Now we're getting gross. All right. We got a horror show to get into here, Jason. Uh, why don't we do what we always do about this time and kick things off with a little of the old horror news, my Ew. friend. <laughs> horror news. Jay, you got anything? Uh, today is the day that X has been released on Blu-ray and I think DVD. Okay. Um, so everybody that has not seen that, make sure you do. D- go check it out. You're going to love that yeah, shit. Yeah, good flick. Absolutely. Uh, the Dorcas at uh, Best Buy today, when I was picking up a copy, he, um, he he said, oh, I've heard really good things about that. I hear it's an homage to the 70s. Yeah. And I, but I told him I, it's actually hard to paint it as an homage because it comes off as so genuinely seventies. Like totally. I, I really just, it feels out of the era. It yeah. doesn't feel like somebody reproducing the era. Like it, it just seems so legitimate to me. And that kind of fits right into Ty West's wheelhouse. Oh, I, I, take, I, take speaking for, of which. Take for, <laughs> take for example, I mean, since we're already on the topic, yep. House of the Devil. Yes, that feels like it was made in 1985, right? I've still got to rewatch it. You I, should. I, I can barely remember even watching it. I've logged it. I know I've seen it, but I can't remember a damn thing about it. I watch that, and I get nostalgic for the old pizza parlor with the red <laughs> plaid tablecloths yeah. and the pinball machines in the background. You don't the, see that anymore. The cocktail uh, Ms. Pac-Man over yeah, there. Yeah, you sit down at the table. Yeah, and, oh, absolutely. I love it. Right on, man. Uh, let's see. Uh, da, da, news, 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 news. Uh, Malignant finally getting a 4K release. Okay. Um, that was only released on uh, standard Blu-ray up to now, but uh, from what I hear. So what did you think about Malignant? Um, I like the action sequences. Um, I don't like 
I don't I don't like the big reveal. You kill you <laughs> killed it with the reveal. That just kind of fucking So it go it goes that to, to ask the question <laughs> was it all just kind of a James Wan mind fuck? Like I mean is he really just having fun or was this supposed to be sincere in any kind of way? I feel like this was his attempt at action horror and possibly the start of a franchise. Oh, I it's hard for me to take that movie seriously at all. I can't. I mean, the first time I watched I it... I think he was just having fun. Could be. But the, the first time I watched it, I was locked in. I was glued right up until the big reveal at the end. And I was like, you got to be fucking shit. <laughs> a bit silly. She just does the whole shit backwards. Come on. Uh, last thing is that is that uh, beginning May 27th, Vinegar Syndrome is having its halfway to Black Friday sale. For any of you uh, physical media dorks out there. Uh, Vinegar Syndrome puts out some really good releases as I am looking at right here on your desk. Yes, sir. <laughs> that I will be getting into and what are you looking at, my nice, friend? Nice, and that's all I got. Uh, it's funny you bring up uh, Vinegar Syndrome. Uh, I was actually going to do some shopping there today. They have shut down their site completely. Oh, they shut down. Do they? Every, what, yeah. What? Every year they shut it down. In like building up to the halfway yep. to Black Friday thing? Yep. Because you can't do shit on there right now. I kept thinking mm-hmm. I was going to the wrong – it asked for an admin password, and I'm like, oh, whoops. No, they completely shut their okay. pur- purchasing down Well, fuck. leading up to their halfway to Black Friday sale. Which starts on the 27th. Yep. I'm going to get me – I. I been on there before and i fl- i always get on there and i see the titles and i'm like i gotta get that and i gotta get that and that but then i talk myself out of it because i know as soon as it shows up my wife is gonna open the sure. box and throw them i in think my face. i'll finally pick up flesh eater i've got i don't think i need that one <laughs> honestly <laughs> i never finished watching it so i figure it'll be a good time to i've pick got it up. the standard dvd i got it 12 bucks on amazon yeah i think i'm good on the flesh eater what i am going to get though is hard rock zombies for sure i was thinking about tc 2000 because believe it or not <laughs> billy billy banks blanks i think he, it was blanks Bank, t- was the, it shit the typo guy remember. Yes. He actually had a semi-serious acting career before Ty Bo. Um and he played he played like a basically a five foot three black Terminator uh, with a very fun Afro situation going oh, yeah. on in, in that one. <laughs> uh, I was thinking about that. It's in blanks, ba- blanks, Billy Blanks. Probably not the the name you you're the stage name you want to go with. <laughs> Especially if you're going to be an action star, but I was definitely want to get get my hands on some hard rock zombies. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's a motherfucker. No, I got they, news they, for you though, my they've friend. They've got some good titles. Yes, I got to wait till the 27th because apparently you can't do shit until then. Uh, Fathom Events mm-hmm. is really re-releasing the thing in movie theaters next month. Yes, sir. What do you think? You going to go try to check it out? Saw it on the fence. Yeah, I, I like watching it at home. And it's hard for me to imagine sitting in a theater through it. I could see like if we if we rented the theater for it because mm-hmm. I don't want to go in there with a bunch of fuckheads. No, that are gonna you know heckle and try to make a party out. Yeah, of it. for that, sure. That that is like sacred ground to us horror dorks. Yeah, we don't want it fucked with. It would be kind of cool to see it in the theater. Um, but really, are you going to get anything out of the theatrical experience that you can't get at home these days? I don't think so. Not for that one. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, one of my horror crushes, Fiona Dorif, is confirmed for Chucky Season 2. 
Have you seen any of the Chucky uh, TV show? No, but uh, just based off of uh, all the reviews and stuff, a lot of people seem to like it. So I, I, I actually picked up the first season. Okay. Um, I just haven't had time to watch it. Yeah, I'm into it. Hear, uh, hearing pretty good things. One of these one of these days, it's yeah. yet another <laughs> goddamn TV show i got to get caught up on. Yeah, add it to your list. you got yeah. a shit ton of stuff to catch up yeah, on. Yeah, it's fucking miserable. Uh, I tell you what I will watch probably 350 times and be able to recite in its entirety, Zombies 3. Are you familiar with this? Zombies 3. Uh, going to Disney Plus. Now, oh boy. <laughs> my daughter is insane with the zombies. It's a musical TV. It's a musical movie. Uh, zombies in high school. I'm just glad that you're going in this direction because I was disappointed in myself for not hearing about it. Do You don't want it. Now you I'm not disappointed. You, no, you don't want it. You don't want it. I'm going to tell you right. By, and by zombies, I mean uh, um, distractedly looking, good looking kids with green hair and dark circles around their emo kids. Sure. And then every now and then they complain about not being able to eat somebody. And that's about it. Uh, musical. Uh, my daughter has watched the first two Several times. The second one, there's actually a werewolf pack that shows up, and they get into choreography and dancing, and they do a lot of howling. Sounds like a blast. Yeah, I tell you what. Uh, coming to Disney this summer, I'll have a full full review for you very soon. Well, it still tops any Funko news. That's <laughs> what you're telling me. <laughs> uh, here's something I'm kind of excited about. Last Voyage of the Demeter is getting a 2023 release. Now, this is going to be a universal dracula movie as you may recall the demeter was the ship that dracula took from uh transylvania to london uh ghost ship renfield was in below decks and all that fun shit so i think this movie from what i read is going to focus on the crew of the demeter and that journey from transylvania to london and how shit obviously got completely fucked up i'm excited for that lastly here's something else i'm excited for nev campbell just in general. she getting a chin re- reduction? <laughs> oh, she actually might. What is the chin? It's the jawline. <laughs> yeah, it really. is the jaw. The yeah. chin is fine. Uh, she has recently joined the cast of Peacock's Twisted Metal TV show. Did you ever play the Twisted Metal games? I, I played like the original maybe one or two times. When you get into PS... <clears throat> P- I, I wasn't with it. PS2 territory, it goes into a very horror situation. Uh, like the cut scenes are all like, um, if you, if you beat the game with any of the characters, they're all these deranged lunatics just hell bent on killing people. Uh, if I remember right, one of them was like a, uh, bride that got shut down on her wedding day. So she just wants to kill men in general, like all men. She had like a genocidal thing going on. It gets very, it gets very, um, rated R. Yeah. So hopefully Peacock takes it in that direction, hmm. too. I'm sure they will. And that is all we have on the horror news, my friend. Aye. Right. You ready for some listener mail? Fuck yeah. Yeah. Listener mail. How about we start things off over in jolly old England. Here comes Cat the Horse Slut. Uh, subject line, cute and fluffy. Uh, this week in the Terror Dome, Jason, we have the Midwives, Paranormal Activity Movies, 
versus the Critters. How do you feel about that? <laughs> Going to have to go with Critters. That's a boy. I agree with you. Evening, gents. Quick vote for the Terra Dome, as I don't know who the midwives are. I've been getting a lot of that this week. I thought... I thought it was like midwives generically. I didn't know you were speaking specifically to the midwives from paranormal activity. But even still, I would go Critters. Okay. I mean, are there other horror movies that involve midwives? I can't I don't know. think of any off the top of my head. I'm sure, I'm sure you can dig up something from, something from the 70s. Sure, yeah. Uh, it'd be weird if there was just a bunch of chicks trying to deliver babies at home. <laughs> you know what I mean? All right, uh, here I am voting for the Critters and because they are cute and fluffy. Hee-hee. Right on, Cat. Two more for the Critters. Educate, I believe you are Honeymoon. You got me there, Cat. You're right. Time to start my shift. Hope everyone has a safe and healthy week. Cat. Jason, have you seen a movie called Honeymoon? Nope. Uh, stars, um, uh, I don't know her fucking name. Uh, you know nothing, Jon Snow? Um, the wildling girl oh yeah she dies uh, in season three yeah, her yet another girl with a strong jaw oh yeah very <laughs> masculine that chick she yeah. looked, and she's got like a like a rough voice even without the irish accent mm-hmm. stars her and the guy that played frankenstein in um penny dreadful oh wow not a bad show not, I mean, no it wasn't penny dreadful was great but the movie honeymoon wasn't bad either is very yeah. uh, you speak i've not heard burns. of it it's not bad speaking of slow burns Let's see who's up next here comes, uh-oh, the Pumpkin Queen. Oh, snap. The Pumpkin Queen, Mrs. Harold Halloween. Subject line, my vote. Hello, 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 hot dogs. Mrs. Harold Halloween, a.k.a. the Pumpkin Queen here. Just wanted to cast my vote for the Critters. Oh, we're looking at a blowout here. Uh, cute little guys, and I want to own one of these, damn it. I get it. Have you seen the Critters TV show? No. On Shudder? No. Starring the now deceased Gilbert Gottfried? Oh, wow. I didn't know he was in it. (laughs) Yeah, buddy. Jeez. It takes a very stupid turn. And it's very... uh, You don't say. Yeah, well, I mean, even dumber than usual. I I think at one point there was a Donald Trump critter who came out with... (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was it just his his hair? He had the hair. And if I remember right, he had on like the blue uh, blazer and the tie and everything. Oh, nice. Yeah, it it gets pretty silly. Also, for the record, I don't just listen to the show when Jason is on. I also listen to hear you read my funny emails. Ha <laughs> ha. Funny. She only emails when you're on, except for last week, because only she thought you were going to be on. And then there's that. Enjoyed Scream 4 over the weekend. Here's the order I like each one. One, four, three, the newest one from 2022, and then two. Have a good one, Sarah. Right on, Sarah. Thanks for writing in, babe. Uh, two more for the critters. I got those down. And now we have some voicemails. Dude, bro. Oh, we got a last-minute entry here. Here comes the cowboy from right here in Reno, Nevada, Jason. No subject line. Evening padded room. Hope everyone is doing well and made it in tonight. Best wishes for Monica and her family and Buddy's mom. Hope they are doing well. Terradome vote goes to the critters. They're always they've always been a fun favorite of mine. Now that I know who the midwives are, thanks, Darian. I still think they lose as they seem to be ritual-based witches, and that takes time to cast spells. I agree. The critters, I think, would have them eaten or poisoned with their quills before they could finish the spell. Educate you are honeymoon with Rose Leslie, aka Egret from Game of Thrones. That's that's what her name was. Uh 
I would have liked to see more of her because she is hot. I agree. Haven't watched anything new this week, just revisiting older movies that I really liked and find relaxing. The trailer for Prey is up and looking forward to a new Predator movie. Hope everyone has a great week. Catch you on the flip. Cowboy, I've not seen the trailer for Prey yet. Have you? Don't watch trailers. Oh, that's right. You're right. You're exactly right. I get it, man. I rely on you watching stuff and, and Sarah watching stuff. and We'll tell you if you need to see it or not. Yep. All right. Now we got some voicemails here, hot dog. Let me put Cowboy down for the critters. And then let's get down to business. Down in the dirty, rotten south. No offense, Jason. <laughs> here comes Alan from Alabama. Padded room, what's up? Okay, Terradome. What do you got, the Midwives. Oh. And Mr. Darian, are you the honeymoon? I That's am. That's all I got. Have a good one. Bye. Well done, Alan. It's not a bad show, Honeymoon. Okay. Worth checking out. All right. Very slow. I think, uh, I hate it when, uh, well, I don't hate it, but it's a pet peeve of mine when they just write the whole thing off at the end as aliens. Hmm. They, you never get a real answer in Honeymoon. But I felt like they were kind of leaning towards aliens. Well, no, I don't want to watch it. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. If you can tolerate like some vague alienisms, then there you go. Better that than uh, everybody was dead the whole time. Everybody was dead, or it was all a dream. I hate that too. Yeah, that basically what you're saying by doing that is that you don't know how to end this. You're program. not creative enough to come up with an ending. <laughs> yep. Oh, you're all dead. Sorry. Uh, let's get down to Southern California. Here comes Mad Max himself, Mr. Tom Hardy. Hey-o. 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 Padded Room, how's my favorite degenerates this week? I'm here. We're here. I uh, hope everyone is doing well. I hope everyone is hanging in there. We made it. Anyway, uh, I just wanted to get in real quick. Uh, you know, I just wanted to get in on the Terror Dome there with the Critters and the Witches. Yeah, what do you think? I always vote Critters. I'm, sure. I like the Critters. I want the Critters to advance, but they never seem to get anywhere. So I think they got it this time. I'm still keeping that. I still want the Critters. Put me down for the Critters. You got it. Uh, as far as the what are you looking at department, what I got, got to catch a couple more episodes of that uh, Bly Manor, the haunting Bly Oh, you Bly started Manor. that. Okay. That's pretty damn good. I, I, I got to say, from my taste, uh, I think Hill House. Uh, so far, is better. Uh, it's definitely more uh, engaging, at least. It makes it more like... I get that. You want to catch it, you know? Like, yeah. I don't know. Bly Manor just seems much slower, much more methodical. Yeah, pace. yeah. Uh, anyway, that's about... Oh, you know what? There is one last thing I'd oh. like to ask a quick fucking favor for. How can I help? Um, you know, in the news section, when Sir. you guys are, uh, you know, listing, uh, you know, hey, this here, do me a favor... Let me know straight off, you know, hey, I'm about to, you mentioned like Event Horizon, and I was like, oh, fuck yeah, man, there's going to be a sequel, maybe a prequel or some shit like that. What did I say? No, it's a a steel book. Yeah. A new steel book comes out. (laughs) Hey, Critters. Ooh, cool. A new Critters flick? No, it's one of those fucking bobblehead dolls. <laughs> fucking buddy's always trying to get us to buy. I tell you I what. You must have stock in there or some shit. No, I do not. But uh, do a favor. Yeah, kind of preamble it. You know okay. what I mean? Like, hey, you're going to talk about, you know, just all it is is a reissue, a steel book, right. or a widescreen release, or it's getting some, I don't know, fucking whatever, package deal. But you get me all excited there. I, I kind of get all excited, and then it's like, ah, 
Fuck me, that's nothing. <laughs> anyway, hope all is well. Love you like family. Bye. Now. Love you too, Tom Hardy. Well, we, for the record, you we shouldn't are the get you shouldn't get excited about anything containing Event Horizon. Oh, stop it right now, sir. <laughs> uh, I get it, man. I like like I said, I'm here to disappoint. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, Wasn't that part of your wedding vows? It was. <laughs> I'm going to be a big disappointment. So, <laughs> if you're okay with that, then let's do this. Um, not bad. Yeah, I'm into it. I liked, uh, you didn't like Event Horizon? No, not a fan. Okay. I don't see why, exactly. There are definitely, it's funny, and it's funny. It's Hellraiser in space. I know, but Hellraiser's badass. So is. Come on, it's okay. But that brings me to something I was thinking about, and I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent here. Can't wait. What is it with horror movies, like, in general, that we can latch on to? And, like, take, for example, a Halloween 3. Mm-hmm. Bad movie. Like, yeah. textbook bad. Plot holes, acting is over the top. There's a bunch of nonsensical crap in there. I really like it, though. I love it. <laughs> I love it. How is it that, as a horror fan, we can forgive a historically bad movie like Halloween 3 and still fall in love with it? Mm-hmm. On the flip side of that, you have other horror fans that hate it and don't know what it's doing in the Halloween franchise. Sure. More to the point, and since I'm already on this tangent, why is it that we have never seen, to my knowledge, an action an action movie convention or a romantic comedy movie convention? <laughs> or oh Boy, there'd be a real hoot. There'd be a bunch of fat chicks crying <laughs> in the lobby. <laughs> you know what I mean? What is it about the horror genre? And this, I realize, I'm going on a deep dive here. That like they tr- do, they do shoehorn some of the the action stuff and the, especially the sci-fi stuff into like the the horror cons, sure, and yeah. the, the comic cons, yeah. But okay, so maybe like a comic con, but that's more like a uh, if you boil if you boil it down, it's more, really more like a pop culture sure. convention, yeah. So what is it about horror films that attracts us and keeps us like? In this prison cell of like horror movies, you know what I mean? You know, it's a very interesting thing. I'm being the physical media dorkest that I am. Like when you see the these values of like like Betamax tapes Mm. and VHS tapes, it's you're not going to find a Betamax or VHS copy of what women want or whatever the hell that Mel Gibson flick was. that's worth more than two bucks, but the Halloween Betamax copy that I have is, you know, well over a hundred bucks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I dropped a hundred bucks on a Betamax trick or treat. There it is. It's only within horror. So it, it's really bizarre how this little culture of ours yeah. really has its little necks of the woods yeah. that nobody else kind of wanders into. Yeah. But like, I mean, if you, if you boil it down, it's really a subgenre of movies. There are several subgenres of movies. Mm-hmm. Romance, adventure, sure. action, western, sci-fi. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sh- surely there is some guy somewhere sitting in his guest room which is decorated with a bunch of western movie crap. Yeah. Uh, maybe, I don't think, he probably doesn't have a podcast, but he probably thought about it at some point. <laughs> sure. I don't know, but I mean, I, I just don't understand how horror, like, 
what it is that like locks us in. Whistling Dixie with Tom West. <laughs> this week I'm talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> yeah, I, not a lot of conventions that I've ever seen. No, none. Yeah, none. Us, us horror dorks definitely. I don't know, man. It's it's, it's very very bizarre. Yeah, and I it's it is something that I've thought about quite a bit. It is a thing, my friend. It's uh, probably something that somebody should write a book about or something. You get on it. Besides me. As you know, my writing skills are not... Even though great. you're not much of a writer. And I'm going to go ahead and apologize. According to your preamble. <laughs> That's all we got on the listener mail there, wiener boy. Uh, you got anything for Alan, Tom Hardy, Cowboy, Cat, or your wife? Uh, love you all. Oh, Thanks for writing in, dudes. Let's get into a movie, Jason Harrell. Let's do it. Robert's residence. Welcome home, Sydney. Survivor, aren't you, Sydney? What good's it to be a survivor if everyone close to you is dead? You can't save them. All you can do is watch. <laughs> Modern audiences have become savvy to the rules of the originals. I mean, there are still rules, but the rules have changed. And the kill's gotta be like way more extreme. <laughs> The unexpected is the new cliché. And virgins can die now. To be the new version, you know, 2.0, the killer should be filming the murders. That's a natural next step in psycho-slasher innovation. Go ahead if you have the guts. Well, it's time for someone new to die. These aren't just random killings. something really scary about a guy with a knife who just snaps. I hear you like horror movies. It's for you. Yes, sir, Mr. Harrell. It is Scream 4 from 2011. Got 6.2 stars on IMDb. Yes, indeed. That is a full three stars better than President Evil. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's your baseline for all movies now, right? Uh, yeah. As long as it's better than President Evil, I think I'm going to immediately give it one star in the Book of Darien, for sure. Uh, it's directed by Wes Craven, of course, written by Kevin Williamson. Got a hard R rating. Uh, stars, of course, Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, and David Arquette. We are back, baby. We are back. <clears throat> Pounding that same old drum. We are. It's fine. It's fine. I like the, this time. Okay, so they tried to tweak the formula a little bit. Um, maybe it worked. Maybe it didn't. But they got away from Hollywood. That is my main gripe with Scream 3. The whole Hollywood movie set horseshit. Yeah. And I, I see what they're <clears throat> trying to do, but... There's something extremely ridiculous to me in, okay, saying that you're, you're basing a movie off of a true crime event and then giving it this weird cult party following. You know what I mean? But at the same time, they kind of did that with Amityville. It just never became a party, right? I mean, there was hundreds of Amityville movies. None really that much about the DeFeo murders, more about the horseshit haunting that came afterward. And then the possession, and then the haunted dollhouse, and then the haunted light or whatever they can light fixtures. That just got, add the word just, Amityville to. Turns out that Amityville fishing trip. That's public domain, so you can slap it on whatever you want. 
and call it an Amityville movie. <laughs> Uh, but so that being said, we're going to pick up with the stab movies and I like what they did here. Uh, I think they probably could have taken two of those sequences out cause this went on for about 10 minutes. Yeah. We start off the same way we always do chick alone in a house, phone rings, ghost face on the other line. You like scary movies, run, 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 stab, stab, stab. Oh, that was actually the start of stab five. And then two more chicks in a house going, oh, my God, Stab 5, you still watch this? Horseshit. And then their phone rings, Ghostface on the line, you like Stab movies? Run, 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 Stab, Stab, Stab. This goes on like four times until we get to Anna Paquin and Kristen Bell. And Kristen Bell kills Anna Paquin, and that's how Stab 7 starts, mm-hmm. Jason Harrell. Yes. And then finally we cut to two real girls watching Stab 7, and their phone rings, and it is Ghostface. Run, run, rub, stab, 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 kill, kill, kill. And so starts Scream 4. What yeah. do you think of all that business, buddy? Is I, it too much? I like the intro. Um, it did stretch on a little too long. Yeah. Like the, the whole meta within meta within meta. Sure. You know, it was like in, in Inception at one point. Yeah. Um, but I liked it. Now, just because I couldn't remember who actually was the stars of this one, so I wasn't sure. I knew what it was going into, but of I couldn't course. remember which one would be the final cut. So what I liked about it, I, like I said, we probably could have cut two, at least two of those out. What I liked about it, though, was that you're expecting the big names up front. So when you get to Anna Paquin and uh, Kristen Bell, you're thinking, okay, now we're going to start the movie. These two are going to get killed within the next three minutes, and then we're going to get back to Sidney Prescott. Land. Right. Instead, that was Stab 7. So it kind of tweaked that formula a little bit. I like yeah. that. Now we are finally starting the goddamn movie, Scream 4. And we are right back in Woodsboro, Jason. At least we're back. Thank God for that, because that's where I feel like Scream movies need to take place. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't take Jason to Manhattan. You can't take Michael Myers to New York City or outer space or anywhere else, <laughs> goddammit. Keep them where they belong. Uh, can you take Leprechaun to the hood? You can, twice, for Christ's <laughs> sakes. Ice-T went with him one time. It was ridiculous. Uh, actual killing. Two, of course, extremely hot chicks get uh, butchered in suburban home. Next day, we find out that Sidney Prescott is back in town ten years to the day of the original Woodsboro murders on a book tour. I didn't I didn't even know it was that long in between sequels. It was. Um yeah. since we're watching them kind of back to back to back. Yeah. Um looked it up on IMDb was very surprised it had been so long. I know, right? Um you can tell. You could I we thought looking at uh Courtney. The, the Courtney Cox, yeah. Well, she's had a lot of work done. Yes, she has. And uh that's okay. That's kind of what you got to do in Hollywood, I suppose. But uh, I something about Nev. Has Nev Campbell had kids? She must have, right? I would assume so. Not sure. Now, I'm not saying she put on weight or anything. Like there's a ten, she. She ten looked very gap. blocky. Yes. Yeah. As opposed to the kind of matched her jaw. <laughs> no, we're not saying she's like a Roblox character. I'm saying like at that. one point she's going to end up looking like the thing. That's quite possible. It is. We'll check up on her in Twisted Metal. Um, so she shows up. She's on the last leg of a book signing tour because she's now this award-winning author. Good for her. Um, now, here's number one. Two, 
one of the first things that bothers me about Scream 4. And I'm going to come up front right now and tell you, I actually like this movie a lot more this time than the first time I watched it. And it might just be because I didn't care for Scream 3 all that much, and this is like a nice comparison. Uh, no mention of the long-lost brother, completely out of the equation. Yeah. As if it never happened. Uh, also, no mention of Officer McSteamy. What happened to him? Uh, you, you could Very f- short-lived romance. Apparently. Well, ten years. I mean, oh, that's true. They might have been together for five and a half. <laughs> that's true. Uh, but you could at least fill that in with a quick line of dialogue. Sure. You know? And and you know, at the book signing, uh, yeah, that brother was a real piece of shit. Yeah, good thing I shot him in the head. And you know, there's that. Or yeah. uh, you know, since my divorce from Officer Fuckface, I whatever. Uh, it's just the little little things like that. I mean, because going into Scream Three, she was still wearing the Greek letters from Scream Two. You know, and I get it. There's ten years in between here, so a lot can fall off. But yeah, it would have been nice. All right, yeah, and I, yeah, I mean, you're right. Now that I kind of actually think about it, I mean, because I, I didn't watch this with any great thought. Okay. Um, but putting a little bit of thought into it would have been nice. I, I, and it, you are bringing the same damn people on board. Can't somebody question this shit? I mean, like, does it take you of all people to I, point this out? I would hope Wes not. Craven couldn't point out. <laughs> <laughs> that there's some glaring holes. I mean, i just saying. They're not really plot holes, but like I said, a quick line of dialogue, clear yeah. that all up for us. You bet. All right, well, whatever. Uh, so now we're going to get into, of course, Dep- uh, now Sheriff Dewey uh, gets called to the scene. Uh, he's got a hot deputy that wants his dick, Jason. Her name is Judy. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it. She is significantly more attractive than uh, Gail Weathers in my opinion. Uh, that's fine. She bakes some lemon squares every day. Um, we're going to catch up to the class of Woodsboro High circa 2011. 11. We've got some notable names here, my friend. Hayden Panettiere as Kirby. With the worst haircut ever. I'm going to disagree with you. Oh, boy, so you're we'll, into dudes. We'll get more. Well, I might be. <laughs> if they look like her, I am. We'll get more into that in a second. We've got... Um, uh, Emma Roberts, Emma Roberts yep. as Jill Roberts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rory Culkin. Oh, I love that guy. Right? Yeah. Probably the most understated of the Culkin brothers. Love him. You know there's like 11 of those fucking guys? <laughs> there is. There's like there's like a whole Culkin cult. Yeah, there. they're like gremlins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who else we got in there? I think that's about it as far as big stars go. But uh, news, of course, circulates about the murder. We, find, we, we hook up with our, our teen group of friends here we find out that emma roberts is playing jill roberts who is actually cousin to sydney prescott sydney is staying with her and her, her her and jill's mom sydney's aunt while she's here in town for this book signing signing very cool um murders oh shit we, we're gonna meet this is basically the same characters from scream one just with updated haircuts and, you know, things like that. So in the Randy Meeks position, we now have Charlie and Jerry, who play the AV dorks. That's Rory Culkin and his little sidekick. They've got a new gimmick, though, and one of them is uh, wearing a head cam and is just apparently filming his entire high school experience mm-hmm. and uploading it on a regular basis. He's got, like, a small camcorder, just, like, duct tape to his ear. Yeah. <laughs> on like some loose, ill-fitting headphones. Sure, with a microphone, with a McDonald's uh, drive-thru <laughs> microphone. Yeah. Very cool. Um, we also have uh, Jill and her coterie of friends, which is Olivia, 
very attractive young lady who's played by an actress that I don't recall, and Kirby, played by Hayden Panettiere. Now, Kirby I like, but let's be honest, Kirby doesn't exist. Chicks that look like Hayden Panettiere, even with her dude haircut, (laughs) um, are not horror film dorks, and they don't look like that. There are chicks that are horror film dorks. They're usually the ones with like the the crazy gothed out hair and the teased and the black everything and yep. all that, which is fine. I love that too. Sure, but uh, they don't look like Hayden Panettiere. Have you played a video game, Jason, called Until Dawn? Yeah, it was great. Starring Hayden Panettiere, mm-hmm. yep. I played it three or four times. Great game. Yeah, definitely worth checking out. Uh, so they're all abuzz about Sydney Prescott, uh, being in town and Sydney's Jill's cousin and Jill doesn't really know Sydney. She just, you know, apparently Sydney's been gone ever since the Woodsboro murders and now she's making her triumphant return to Woodsboro. Oh, but the, now the murders are popping up again. So now we got more buzz about that. Um, now we're going to cut to Dewey and Gail who for the first time in the Scream franchise are still together at the beginning of the movie. Good for them. They actually figured some shit out for once. Surprised me. Uh, unfortunately, the Woodsboro murders are going to somewhat reinvigorate Gail's career because I, I guess she was trying to write fiction and it just wasn't working out. But now she's got a juicy lead on these murders and they're popping up again and she wants a, she wants to get the story. But Dewey's the sheriff, Jason. He's like, this is a conflict of interest. you got to fuck off. And she's like, what? This is what you and I do. We solve, I'll tell you at home. We solve these murders because we're a team, me and you. And he's like, no, I gotta, fuck, I gotta do this by myself. So she's all jilted, and unfortunately, we are right back to square one with Gail and Dewey. They are now going to spend the rest of the movie reconciling and fall in love again by the closing credits. And probably one or two of them is going to get stabbed. Uh, very cool. So now the murders are happening and they're going down. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna cut to that night. Of course, Jill is on the outs with her boyfriend, who is a very handsome, I suppose, non-actor who does a lot of moody staring and. Yeah, he didn't I'm have so, a lot to offer. I'm sorry. Well, neither did Skeet Ulrich, really. Yeah, <laughs> but at least he's Skeet. Uh, I, yeah, I this guy was, was like lesser Skeet. He was he was channeling his inner Skeet. <laughs> I think. All he needed was the the long bang so he could peer up at her through him the way Skeet used to. (laughs) All right, fair enough. Uh, That night, the phone calls start. Um, Kirby is over at uh, Jill's house, and they start getting the phone calls from Ghostface with the same voice of modulator, whatever the hell that thing is. At this point, I guess you can just buy that thing from Spencer Gifts. You know what? Because everybody's got one. I think it's an app you can download. Just make you. That's right. Like it were using an app. Yeah. Updated. Ooh. From 2011. Yeah, buddy. Uh, Olivia is outside. And she's like, hey, is your mom home? Can I come over? And they're like, well, maybe. I don't know. We're under police surveillance. She's like, all right. So Olivia lives right across the street. So she goes up to her room. They're on the phone with Ghostface the whole time. And they're like, what's your favorite scary movie? And she's like, oh, fuck off, you loser. And he's like, oh, I'm in the closet. And she's like, oh, you think so? We get a little tense moment where Kirby opens the closet. Of course, there's nobody in there. And he's like, well, I didn't see your closet. Then we look across the street and we see Olivia get stabbed to death by Ghostface. All right. Well, there's another murder. Uh, police come. Here comes Sidney Prescott again with that uh, I'm going to cry at any given moment kind of it's happening again, isn't it? I don't. I can't. I got to have people close to me because they all die all the time. Uh. She had a line earlier on in the movie where she said to Dewey, "She said, 
uh, tell me this is a prank, Dewey. Really, do you think it's a prank at this point? uh, Yeah. Shouldn't you just take all of that seriously? Assume that if... Murders. Yeah. (laughs) Why not jump to that conclusion at this point? You've been given free license to do so. Uh, so here comes Dewey, big investigation, everything's crazy. Uh, the, he puts two cops outside of Jill's house for the rest of the, for, for the foreseeable future. Uh, now we're going to cut to the press conference. Again, uh, Gail is all pissed off. She's there and she's wanting to ask Dewey questions. And Dewey's like, we will talk later, I said. And she's like, do you think these murders are connected to the blah, 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 blah? get out of here. Um, that part was kind of funny, but while that press conference is going on at the hospital, uh, Sydney's publicist, who's like this quirky little hot chick is following her around. And I guess she's like the organizer of the, the book tour. Uh, she gets picked off by Ghostface there at the hospital, chase through the parking garage, run around, stab, 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 throws her off the top of the building during the press conference. Body lands on a news van. That part was pretty cool. I like that. And there's something about parking garages. They're not all that menacing. I mean, I suppose people do appear periodically get mugged and assaulted in parking garages. I don't know if it's the acoustics in those things or what it is. But whenever I find myself walking alone in a parking garage. Very creepy. What was that? You hear that? There was a sound. I heard a sound. Run to your car as fast as you can. Punch the gas. <laughs> like a great big vagina for no reason. Uh, okay, so there's another dead body. Now more bodies are starting to stack up. We get some more with the ghost face. Stab, stab, stab. Kill, kill, kill. They're going to throw a couple of red herrings at us. Actually, quite a few. Oh, yeah, quite a few. Uh, the first one, I feel, was Deputy Judy. Uh, Sydney that night kind of checks in on... Uh, um, Jill and Spot, uh, the boyfriend, of course, creeps through the window. Uh, was it alluded to that they were living in Sydney's old house? Because it kind of felt that way to me. It's it sure seemed like right? it, but I I had nothing kind of leading me that way. But it did seem very similar. Absolutely. The I mean, if they were going to go that route, you would have to work in that closet door that backs up to the bedroom door because that played a, a key element in the first and third movies when they built the set around it. Uh, we never got to see it. Kind of felt like it, though. I thought uh, I thought one of the f- earlier red herrings was uh, the aunt because um, she was kind of being a little, a little moody about uh, you know her dead sister kind of yeah. getting all this attention and stuff. Yeah, and I've got scars. Yeah, I've got course. my own scars. That's another one. Yeah. Uh, the other one is Officer Judy. Uh, at one point, Sydney steps out as Officer Judy is like patrolling the house, and she's like. You know, she's like creepily in the shadows to where you can't really see her face. She's like, you remember me from drama club when we were in high school? (laughs) Sydney's like, not really, but I've been through a lot of shit. She's like, yeah, well, I sat right next to you the whole time. It was great. Limit Square? Yeah. You want a Limit Square? Got to go. Bye. So that's kind of creepy. Again, with the ant, because like they do this thing, and this has kind of become trademark for the Scream movies, is that the killer will strike. uh, There'll be a dead body. And then immediately after the killer gets away, somebody else walks into frame. And then Sydney or whoever the survivor was in that particular scene will get like start giving that person, that character, the stink eye. Like, where were you a minute ago? Why do you have a cell phone on you? Yeah. Where are you calling? What are you doing? And we get a little, actually quite a bit of that in this movie. <clears throat> so 
now we're going to cut to the next day at school. Uh, news has gotten out of Olivia's stabbing. Very scary shit. Uh, Gail Weathers needs to get herself a story. So she knows that the first place you need to go in these things is Woodsboro High School. So she goes there, starts pooping around, trying to get uh, Jill to talk to her. Jill doesn't want to talk to her. Uh, finds the AV dorks, Charlie and Jerry. And she's like, you guys are doofuses. Uh, I tell you what, why don't you let me see how that thing on your head operates, and I'll get you a, uh, I'll get you a, uh, a Q&A with Sidney Prescott and me, if you're interested. And they're like, ooh, yeah, Sidney Prescott, that'd be great. So she agrees. They're going to help her get the story by, like, you know, keeping an eye on the students, pointing out which ones are are the weirdos and which ones might have motive, things like that. And she, in return, is going to get Sydney to come talk at their AV dork meeting. Uh, We're going to cut to a little while later at said AV dork meeting. We find out that Woodsboro has an annual underground party called the Stabathon. Which sounds awesome. Like an awesome orgy. Except, at this point, Stab is seven movies. And Charlie specifically states that they watch all seven movies back to back to back to back to back. And the Stabathon doesn't kick off till probably 9 or 10 o'clock at night. Which means that fucking thing is going until well into tomorrow afternoon. That's a long haul. Nobody's hanging <laughs> out <laughs> till noon tomorrow watching these fucking movies. Really, if you're going to have a movie marathon, pick three. Everybody's gone by the end of the third one. Guarantee it. Uh, but regardless, they refuse to give Gail Weathers the, uh, the location of the Stabathon. But then when we cut to the Stabathon, they've got giant signs that say Stabathon, loud music playing, the giant crowd outside. So I don't see what the point was of keeping Gail Weathers in the dark as to the Stabathon. And of course it doesn't fucking work because she just starts following the high school kids and goes right to the Stabathon. Why don't you just tell her where the fuck it was, you jack off? All right, I don't mean to overthink this, but that is something that popped up. Again, at least you did. (laughs) It is something that popped up. Uh, so the Stabathon, but well, before we get into that, they, uh, because these two are the 2011 version of Jamie Kennedy's Randy Meeks, we have to lay down the rules of the reboot slash remake. So you have to tweak the formula. Uh, previous formula states that there will be some big massacre at a party. Here's our party, the Stabathon. Um, Gail Weathers is there. She's listening. She's writing everything down. So there has to be some new twist that the killer is going to be probably uh, the last person you'd suspect, possibly even somebody you thought was a victim from the first act. Very real possibility. Saw. Uh, From there, Gail, like, ushers uh, Sydney out of there because she's all pissed off about them not telling her where the Stabathon is. So we're going to cut to the Stabathon. And it goes down exactly like Billy and Stu's party. Gail infiltrates, sets up a bunch of cameras, starts watching from her laptop in the parking lot. Uh, Slowly, though, all of her news feeds start getting turned off. And the last one to get turned off, the camera, like, looks at it, and it's, of course, Ghostface that's running around, turning off or facing the cameras in a different direction. So Ghostface is there at the party. Whoever this iteration of Ghostface might be, I should say. Uh, Gail frantically calls Dewey. Dewey goes hauling ass over to the Stabathon. Uh, by now, the bodies are starting to pile up at the Stabathon. Um, run, 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 chase, chase, chase. Gail gets stabbed by Ghostface as Dewey's getting there. 
Dewey starts shooting at Ghostface. Ghostface gets away, of course, uh, just as other kids are coming. Like, could that guy be a worse shot? Uh, well, he did pretty good in Stab Three or uh, Scream Three. Those skills um, went down, unfortunately, uh, but he did miraculously heal from that severed <clears throat> nerve situation. Yeah, he so gets along a lot better now. He's running and he doesn't have the tarred fingers anymore. <laughs> so he, whatever it was, man, it worked out nicely for him. Um, so of course, Ghostface gets away, and of course, almost immediately, Deputy Judy comes running around the corner, as if to say, "I just peeled off the Ghostface costume and came to check out what's going on." Uh, good news, Gail's going to be fine. She's on her way to the hospital. She just got stabbed in the shoulder. Uh, Dewey is now out for blood in tracking down this ghost face. So now we're going to cut to the after party. And this is where I have to raise my hand. Because <laughs> the AV dorks do not get invited to the hot chick's house for the after party. I wish they did, um, but it just doesn't happen. In this case, it does happen, though, Jason Harrell. They get invited over there, uh, both of them, Charlie and Jerry, uh, to Kirby's house along with Jill. Somebody texts Trevor, Jill's ex-boyfriend, and tells him to come, too. Jill can't find her phone mysteriously. Um, Somebody has it and is texting uh, Trevor to meet them there. Uh, This part is like, this was my high school wet dream. That the hot chicken school would reveal to me that she is also a horror dork and immediately try to have sex with me. If that did actually happen, I would just have probably uh, came in my pants, probably while farting, and then, <laughs> and then ran out of the, the house as fast as I could. Well, you got yours. I mean. uh, I got the, oh, God, I'm so sorry. I'm just going to clean up and go. <laughs> But that is exactly what happens. Uh, Jerry, the kid with the headset on, uh, gets drunk and starts staggering around the neighborhood while live streaming. Uh, Kirby finds herself alone with Charlie, Rory Culkin, and says, hey, Charlie, let's get it on. But just then, fucking Trevor shows up. Cockblock 101. Sorry, Charlie. You son of a bitch. Uh, while that's going on, Jill goes upstairs because she doesn't want to be anywhere near Trevor, but Trevor is just like refusing to leave. That's another red herring is that Trevor always shows up periodically after one of these kill scenes. So it's possible that he could be a killer. Now, if I hadn't watched all three of these movies, like in sequential order for the show, I might forget how this kind of all fits together. And I will say, the ruse at the end caught me off guard the first time I watched it. But from here, Ghostface shows up, uh, runs around, stab, 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 kill, 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 kills Jerry outside first. Uh, Everybody's on the point of leaving as Jerry, blood-soaked and stabbed all up, shows up on the front step. Everybody separates. Uh, Kirby and Sydney, I believe, go running down to the basement. Sydney shows up also. They go running down to the basement. Charlie is outside and starts banging on the door, but he's covered in blood. They don't want to let him in uh, because he's got blood on. Sydney's like, dude, I've done this before. Do not, do not let that motherfucker in. I don't care. Uh, well, good news, they listen to Sydney, but bad news, what they they basically replay that scene, that Drew Barrymore sequence from the first movie where uh, 
Charlie get the lights go out. Charlie gets knocked out and tied to a chair, and then Kirby has to answer a bunch of horror trivia questions to somewhat save his life. And to Kirby's credit, because she's a ultra hot horror dork, um, she answers all the questions correctly. So did I miss that last question? There was no question. He, he did. He, she interrupted him. Yeah, he started the question. He's like, "What groundbreaking uh, horror remake?" And then she just and starts rattling off remakes. Right. And then the line goes dead. And she's she like, says, I got it right. I got yeah, it right. I got it right. I beat him. Well, or I won. Maybe you should let him finish the question. Yeah, there. it's kind of important. Yeah, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, if you want to make it a multiple choice thing, we can Plus, do Plus, I enjoy a good trivia game. Sure. I was doing pretty good. Uh, she goes running out there thinking, oh, I just saved Charlie. Cuts Charlie loose from the, uh, the chair. Charlie produces the big hunting knife and immediately shanks Kirby. Now. Kirby is supposedly dead. However, there is a lot of uh, scream scuttlebutt and uh, rumors going around that Hayden Panettiere is reprising her role as Kirby for Scream 6, which would be A-OK with me. You're not into it. You don't like Hayden Panettiere. Dude, this has nothing to do with her. This just has to do with this series. This is the most monotonous fucking series. and, And I've endured... So many, like Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, all of these long, drawn-out series. Sure. None of them feel as drawn-out and monotonous as these damn Scream movies. Each one of them comes in around two hours. You're right. It's also formulaic. Even if they put some kind of little twist on there, I don't. It's just such a slog for me to get through these damn movies. (laughs) I could care less. Uh so that was just a look of disdain. It had sure. nothing to do with Hayden Pinatieri. Okay. All right. No, I get it. And I'll, I'll touch more. I'll on still that. say I enjoyed this one more, I'll, more than three. I'll touch more on that in a second because I agree with you almost 100%. There is a certain charm to these that I'm, I'm growing to appreciate. But we'll get into that more in a second. So Sell me on them, please. I, I can't. But I'll, <laughs> I, it's not going not gonna to be for lack of trying, my friend. Uh, so that being said, Kirby's out of the equation and Charlie has just revealed himself as the killer. Uh, he's now running around chasing Sidney Prescott around. Jill is still unaccounted for. Uh, eventually Charlie corners Sidney, uh, starts with the, the big attack sequence and out from behind Charlie pops Ghostface. Fuck me. We're doing the multiple killer angle again. Okay, cool. So now two killers. Did you not think they wouldn't? I mean, come on! I don't know what fucking direction they're gonna go with this. These movies are retarded. I was, ho- I was really. <laughs> There's hoping. no thought put into this. I know, but I would like to think that there might be at some point. Okay, <laughs> maybe it's just my high expectations, um, or maybe it's just that I was so disappointed by Scream Three that I anywhere from there is up, as far as I'm concerned. All right, uh, out pops Ghostface, and you're thinking, oh, okay, multiple killers. I've seen that before. But maybe this is like a good ghost face because we always have that turn in every drawn-out horror franchise where suddenly you start to empathize with the killer. Freddy Krueger, well, uh, well, I mean, once he started cracking with the one-liners, you're not going to see kids get killed. You're going to see what creative, funny thing Freddy's going to do. Same thing with Chucky. Uh, Jason, once we got into the... uh, you know, I'm just a, a mama's boy at heart, and, you know, you can use my mommy against me. Okay, now you kind of feel bad for him a little bit. <laughs> uh, 
really, the only one you don't feel bad for is Michael Myers. Even uh, Jigsaw, you know, he's actually trying to help people, just in a weird, grisly kind of a way. Sure. Um, Leprechaun just wants his fucking gold just back. Give him the fucking gold. You <laughs> stole it. You're the prick in this equation, not him. Uh, anyway, that's what I was thinking when Ghostface popped out behind Charlie. Oh, maybe, maybe Ghostface is like some weird avenging angel all of a sudden, or this is some other kind of ghost face situation no uh this goes were you drinking i should have been (laughs) like i said i get high hopes for these things jason uh ghost face pops out and you're like oh maybe he's gonna kill charlie uh turns out no he's attacking sydney also and uh this is actually jill is is the the second killer in this one so his cousin two people are are ghost face sure they have a combined body weight of 78 pounds. Uh, give or take, yeah. yeah. I mean, sure, they could throw a cop They've out taken window. out cops. Well, yeah. <laughs> They've taken out everybody. Yep. And uh, we get the same explanation. Oh, she's going to make it big as the new uh, Woodsboro Survivor Girl. And uh, Charlie's going to be her, her uh, knight in shining armor. And they're going to get book deals and all this stuff. And she's so sick of living in Sydney's shadow and all this fucking crap. Um Great. Uh, she stabs the piss out of Sydney. You're thinking, okay, we can finally sign off on Sydney Prescott. Didn't she only stab her once in the stomach? Uh, like lower left? I th- I well, th- it would have been her lower right. I think it was like two or three times. Okay. At least. I only, I only remember the one. Because nope. it to me, it seemed, it seemed like she was kind of taking it for granted that she okay you did her in well there's one line about five minutes before this and it kind of the irony of it kind of sets in when charlie is stabbing um kirby he's like it's funny how you got to stab people five or six times Mm -hmm. in the movies you only have to stab them once and he's telling her this as he's stabbing Mm. but then five minutes later when jill is stabbing sydney I think she only stabs her maybe twice, tops. Okay. So there's that. So there's a kind of like a ironic callback there. Uh, Sydney goes down, loses consciousness, and then we get a recreation of the uh, Stu and Billy scene. Okay, okay, shoulder me. Stab me in the shoulder. Come on, do it. But then, of course, Jill uh, basically channels her uh, Mandy Lane and stabs him right in the heart. And she's like, no, I have to be the only survivor. It'll look better this way. So she stabs Charlie in the heart and kills him, too. Uh, then she does a very cool trick where she stabs herself, uh, uses her boyfriend's dead body to scratch her face, make it, she's basically setting the boyfriend up, who's now dead, by the way, to, uh, take the fall for all of this, and she's going to be the survivor, and she's got this whole backstory and media program situation all dialed in. Uh, she stabs herself by putting the knife against her shoulder and running into a wall with it, um, yeah, she was dedicated. She was, and she put a good Tyler Durden, <clears throat> Durden beatdown on herself. Yeah. Uh, and then she loses consciousness, or at least pretends to, as the cops roll up. Uh, Dewey gets her to the hospital. Uh, she comes to in the emergency room, and Dewey's there with her. He's like, hey, good news. Sydney's uh, <laughs> probably going to make it. You know what I mean? So, and for those that are not able to see right now, <laughs> Darian is doing the most squinty-eyed Dewey impression. That's a, da- that's a David Arquette. That's David Arquette David was Arquette. pretty much right here. All I need is a mustache. You know what I mean? <laughs> and poor shooting ability. That's a picture an old man who can never seem to find his glasses. <laughs> it is just constantly 
trying to doesn't know if he's nearsighted or farsighted. Uh, so she gets the bad news that Cindy's going to live. Dewey's like, okay, I'll come check on you again later. And then he goes over to uh, Gail, and he makes a remark to Gail. This is why we need a video element to this I- show. <laughs> <laughs> We've tried it before. Nobody fucking watched it. Uh, but um, Gail makes a – or uh, Jill made a remark to Dewey about her having a matching stab wound as Gail. Uh, Dewey mentions, mentions it to Gail, and Gail's like – how did she know where I got stabbed? Because all that whole party sequence, plus the uh, home invasion, plus the back, the proverbial backstabbing, all took place within probably four or five hours. So there's no way that Jill could have known about Gail getting stabbed in the shoulder. Nobody was there to tell her. Right. So Ga- uh, Dewey very quickly does the math and goes hauling ass to um, uh, Sydney's hospital room, where Jill is now there, and we get the same old. No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die speech, and here's how I'm going to take over the world from Jill. Uh, big fight, big struggle. Here comes uh, Deputy Judy, and she's going to get Gail out of the Gail hobbles down to try to help. Big fight sequence. Uh, make a long story short, they Sydney kills uh, Jill. I think Sydney has the biggest body count in this entire franchise. No shit. She kills the killer at the end of every movie. And the killer changes every movie, so yeah, she's she's the real villain here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's pretty much the end of your movie, there, Jason. You're not you're not excited about Scream Four. I liked Four, so my my power ranking thus far, and I'm not factoring in the the most current re, remake reboot, whatever you want to call it. Okay. Until um, I watch it again. Okay. So I'm going one, four, three, then two. I would go one, four, two, then three. I really did not like three at all. Yeah, I really hated two because two, I think I was just so offended by two being exactly like one. Yeah, yeah. Just on a college campus instead of a a small town. I think the reason I like Scream 4 is because we get back to the wheelhouse. High school kids, small community. Uh, you you kind of I you have to pay homage to the the previous film, so you bring Sidney Prescott back. You got to kill her off, and she's got to stay dead. I think I don't think she should have made it out of Scream Two, but they keep they keep trotting her back through. Yeah, even uh, Halloween. How many Halloween movies actually have Laurie Strode in them? Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis has Laurie Strode. What? Well, one, two, five, five now. Yeah, five now. But. All right, I guess I kind of shot myself in the ass with, with that analogy. <laughs> Fuck, never mind. Uh, I'm going to edit that out. And that's leading into the sixth, right? Uh, yeah. Well, but I mean, okay, but if you're going to go by that timeline, then you can't count Halloween 2 because the latest Halloween is supposed to be a direct sequel. So you can't count Halloween 2. you got to count 2. Or 6 or uh, Resurrection because she was in all three of those and – the new Halloween picks. Oh, I can't even. That's a whole other fucking podcast right there. Man. Anyway. Now I'm, now I'm torn. Would I rather rewatch the Scream franchise or the Halloween franchise with all of the latest Jamie Lee Curtis movies? Well, it depends. I mean. Because I am sick of that. If you're going to watch the whole fucking thing, it's. There's like. It, it, it depends on what timeline you want to follow. 
You know what I'm saying? Because that you can go down a fucking rabbit hole about if you're if you're only going to watch quote unquote Halloween movies, take three, throw it out the window, and you might as well throw four, five, four and, and five six out, out the window. Mm-hmm. So you can watch Halloween one, two, jump right to H two O, then Resurrection, and that's one timeline. Or you can go Halloween. And then the new Halloween, and then Halloween kills, and then Halloween ends. That's another timeline. Ugh. It's a it's a at whole this point. I'm thing. just hoping he kills me, so I don't have to watch <laughs> another one. Oh no, <laughs> Halloween! <laughs> All right, I I um I think I I think I know why these movies, and it's not just the Scream franchise, but it's it's the high school slasher. Why they resonate with us and what makes them so appealing to us. We are now in our 40s, 50s. We're out of high school. And whatever our high school experience was, it was nothing like these kids. Uh, Sure, uh, a lot of them got thrown into a meat grinder. That's fine. But also, quite a few of them got laid before they did. Also, there were never, ever any parents in the equation other than somebody poking their head in the door and explaining why they're going to be out of town for the next five weeks. That never happens in reality. How many times did we see an Elm Street kid actually crack a school book? <laughs> Zero. How many homework? How much homework got done in the Halloween franchise? Yeah. I think there was mention of a test at one point, and that was about it. These, this is not real high school, but it is a very appealing trip down memory lane to what high school might have been like for some of us. So I think the high school slasher kind of... Um, kind of tickles our nostalgia bone in a way and kind of makes us remember the finer points of our high school experience and not just the uh the zits <laughs> and the awkward uh body hair the mockery the mockery the public <laughs> the self-loathing oh wait a minute maybe i'm going too deep with oh this. no we all did it we all went through it man anyway that's something to think about and as far as the scream franchise goes I think that's where it belongs, man. It belongs in Woodsboro. It belongs at Woodsboro High School. You take it out of there and shit just gets... Even if you do apply the same equation, it's just not the same, man. You know? It's just not. That's where I'm at. That's why... I, you know, I, I don't think I would be as a bored and offended with these if it wasn't the same... If it wasn't Wes Craven every time. Like It just seems so... Like, there's nothing fresh about it whatsoever. And he's supposed to be one of the greats. He is. I mean, he's put on a pedestal. Sure. Uh, so why can't it be just mixed up a little bit? Now, in fairness, it's not like he, he didn't write this one. No. Uh, he just directed it. Right. But come on. Don't you think he's... Should, don't you think on behalf of the genre, he should be a little offended by how monotonous it is? Yes and no, and I can explain this to you very plainly, and it's, it's I'm almost ashamed that I have this knowledge. So what happened was, and I don't mean to speak for the late Wes Craven, but I can almost guarantee you this is how it went down. Uh, he was known as being the angry director. He took, uh, you take a uh, last house on the left. He took the sweet, innocent girls, took them out in the woods and just butchered them and raped them and fucking made them piss their pants and all kinds of weird shit. Uh, you take... Uh, Hills Have Eyes. Took the the nice suburban family, took them out in the the hills of New Mexico and did the exact same thing to them. He was that angry, ferocious, you know, fuck everybody director. And then you get to Nightmare on Elm Street. Made that movie for 
I had fucking nickels on the dollar, and it became this huge box office success. He didn't think it was going to be that success. So once he made that movie and got his paycheck, he sold the rights to New Line and said, okay, it's all yours, goodbye. It goes on to give us this bukkake of sequels, <laughs> right? And just becomes this money-making machine. Fucking anal bukkake. For real. Oh, and man. he completely lost out on that because he just walked away from Freddy Krueger. They brought him back for part three as like a uh, writer or something like that. In my opinion, probably the best of the uh, Elm Street sequels. But ever since then... In his career, he's been trying to get that franchise, not the Nightmare on Elm Street, but trying to restart another franchise. Well, even Wes Craven's new Nightmare. Yeah. At least that that was, it's not a fantastic movie, but it was a, a good twist sure. on the story. Yeah. These Scream movies, man, they're just, it's just regurgitating the same shit over and over and over and over. And I hate to be the downer, but, you know, that's what I do. Of course. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh this series just doesn't do anything for me, and I, I'm really surprised by a lot of the people who hold it in high regard because, sure. to me, it just feels so much the same thing. Now, obviously, you could say that about all of the Friday the 13th movies, but you're not looking for any thought whatsoever. No. You're not trying to figure anything out. No. It's no whodunit. No, you're... Watching You're just the watching kids. to see people die. Yeah. Who will who will or will not be the one person left? Right. Uh, this is supposed to, in a way, be thought provoking. You know, it's a whodunit. Sure, but it's so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's all. Oh, I, well. I'm not trying to go off on any more of a rant about it. I just I'm offended by the series. I guess. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow, this series triggered you. I would say, um, really, like, I agree with you. I think that this franchise gets held, put on a pedestal. Pedestal. I think it always has. Um, I think a lot of that has to do with our nostalgia. Watching Scream, I remember watching Scream 1 in the theater and being like, it's a high school slasher. It's kind of neat with the multiple killers and the kind of poke fun at the horror movie. And that's just a high school slasher. Sure. Seen millions of them. Uh, then it blows up to this mega franchise, and once you reach a certain amount of sequels, of course, the quality of movies go down, the quality of writing goes down. Um, but watching them now, I get more. I'm not. I'm not really watching for the horror element so much as I am for the nostalgia of it. You know what okay. I mean? Okay. Yeah. Like watching Randy Meeks push the cart around Blockbuster Video with all the VHS tapes in it. Yeah, man. Now that I love. Yeah. Sure. So that being said, even even nostalgia for 2011, when Dewey gets out of bed and opens his little flip phone, like, (laughs) I remember those Nokia clamshells. Those were stupid, but yeah. Okay, but but where is your, I'm not hearing you mention any nostalgia for Dewey or for uh, Courtney Cox's character or, or, any of the other characters, really. I mean, okay, so let's finish. Your nostalgia is gadgets and video stores and gizmos and the time and the and, and the, the the aesthetics. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's, that's okay, the atmosphere. Okay, you it. can watch. All right, well, what, what, fire up Leprechaun just to see uh, Jennifer Aniston wearing Reeboks. Have you watched that? Yeah, it's terrible. It is. It's but Aniston but you can at least be nostalgic for... Uh, the tennis shoes that are in it, or the time, right. you know, certain elements of it. Right. 
But what I can't be nostalgic for is being uh, trapped in a farmhouse <laughs> with a fucking leprechaun in a bit in the big fat guy from Pee Wee's Adventure. No, so, but, what I can't, but what I'm saying is, is that you like you're saying that you like Scream for the nostalgia, and I'm saying that you can find those nostalgia points in a lot of movies that came out in the same time. I don't think Scream is worthy of the nostalgia. It's the things that are inside of it. The video store, the gadgets, the gizmos. Correct. But it's also the that... The characters are loathsome. <laughs> Again, if the video element was here, to see the look on Jason's <laughs> face as he says, loathsome. <laughs> no, but what I would say is this, and this is this is kind of the separation from just like product placement and things like that. Uh, a couple of buddies stopping by the video store on their way to my house on a Saturday night. You're not going to see that in um, Leprechaun, right? Sure. Uh, go into this big movie theater or big uh, movie marathon situation party. While I never experienced that, it looked like it would have been a lot of fun. And that is something. I heard rumors. I thought that maybe I might have was going to miss my invite somehow. Have you seen my stapler? <laughs> but it, and it's not so much nostalgic for like again, not the products, but that period of time in our lives. When our only concern was getting, you know, one homework assignment done and trying to get that chick in biology to fucking notice you. That's what I'm talking about. Um, that being said, that there are thousands of high school slashers. Probably many of them are better than this. Um, but as part four sits in the Scream franchise, I liked it a lot more than part three and a lot more than part two. And uh, watching it, I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, I am just over, like you, I was like, I'm screaming. I, I just, I really wish they'd shave off about 15 to 20 minutes off of each, each sequel. They could do that easily. Um, oh, easy. And they need to get rid of some of these characters. It would really tighten it up. Yeah. I love Dewey. Uh, Gail is kind of, you know, canon for the franchise. You could replace Sidney Prescott with a dime store mannequin, and I don't think anybody would notice. How the fuck does Dewey become the sheriff? The I guy stinks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's horrible. He's inept. He's half retarded. I think he got. He's got no shooting ability. No, but he got. He cr- can't solve a mystery to save his ass. Well, I think he got credit for solving the original Woodsboro. Woodsboro. Murders, and that's something else that probably should have been worked in somewhere. <laughs> oh, you know, you got elected because everybody loves you because you're a dewdrop or whatever. <laughs> Fucking dewdrop. All right, that's Scream Four. I say, if you want to check out a, uh, if you're pissed off at the Scream franchise, like Jason, <laughs> watch Scream Four. It's not as bad as other Scream movies. No, it's much better than three and two. I would and say. two, um, it's not as good as one. One, no. one by far. Is the best. That's all you need to watch, really. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's take us a break, Jason.
If you like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. And we are back, Jason. You know what I think my biggest problem is now that I've had uh, another four and a half minutes to think about it? Really I, angry co-hosts? Uh, well, no, I'm fine with that. Oh. Um. My biggest problem with the Scream franchise is get a new costume or keep the same killer. You know what I mean? You can't keep stuffing 
What it, you would think at some point they would stop selling the Father Death costume in Woodsboro. Yeah. Or you know, either that or uh, get. I don't. I don't know, man. That, well, like, it's a recipe. I mean, if if you want to like think real world. Uh, it would be very problematic for that town to have that costume still being sold because you'd just be shooting everybody. Well, on top, well, yeah, you know, it's well, but then that takes you into weird waters of how does Michael Myers keep getting the same exact goddamn mask every movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I get that. Well, at least uh, Doctor Loomis almost capped some young kid in That's a. True. In a Michael true. Myers. That is true. See? And I think uh, in the new one, some other kid got ran over by a, by the cop car no. wearing the same mask. I get that. Um, but I think if they if they could just like zero in on one villain, bring back one of the uh, the previous killer. Bring back Timothy Oliphant as uh, Mickey. Uh, we never saw him die. Bring back Stu. Well, I guess you can't bring back Stu or Billy. But still, you know, there's some room to move within that ghost face costume. I just wish Sydney would go off the deep end and start killing everybody. In a ghost face costume, I think would be the best That'd way. That'd be to great. Go. You know, It'd be really? a very blocky ghost face costume. I, it, she'd need like two masks, I think, <laughs> really. It's a very it's a slippery slope there, Jason, is what it is. All right, man, you ready to get into this week's Terror Dome? I am. Let's get it on. No tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. I'm not going to hurt you. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I said, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains in. I'm going to bash them right the fuck in. I'll kill you all. I'll try to be crazy. I'll kill you all. I'll let dream come true. Six-year-old child with this blind, pale, emotional face. To the Terradome. First, last week's winners, Jason. In teams competition, we had the Critters versus the Midwives. In the ruins of the farmhouse, the bodies of the ladies were found amid several occult artifacts. Bones gnawed and flesh torn, the Critter Scourge continued over the countryside. With a vote of 10 to 2, the Critters advance over the Midwives. I get that. The Midwives are scary. But they're not like competitive scary. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. They're like you wouldn't like want to buy a house from the midwives. No. But like if you just met one in an alley, you could probably fuck her up. Probably good. You know, yeah. I'm just saying. They probably put on a mean bake sale though. Oh yeah. You know? Don't eat anything that <laughs> they give you. You don't want that. Your balls are gonna fall off or something. Let's take a look at this week's uh matchup there, Jason. As usual, inmates, bear with me. I'm not good at writing things. Spain was the last of the European superpowers to fall. As the living dead began to overwhelm the living military presence, the remaining survivors fled the cities and took to the Spanish countryside. 
Past the agricultural villages and farmhouses sat the ruins of the Castillo de San Marcos, a monument to Spain's participation in the Great Crusades of the 1400s, and a grisly reminder of the massacre that befell the Knights Templar that were garrisoned there. Far and away from civilization, yet still defendable, it was the ideal place for the survivors to flee to. Zombies closing in on them, they had little choice. The Castillo's curse, however, would not allow for them to take residence. Centuries dead, Knights Templar began to stir in their sarcophagi beneath the Castillo as the terrified survivors poured in. Team's competition, Jason, we have the blind dead versus the zombies. How say you? Oh, boy. Have you seen a blind dead movie? Started watching the first one. Couldn't finish it. It's. Uh, I it's, know you're you, it, you're kind of a mixed fan of them, aren't you? I uh, I like the idea of the Blind Dead. I'm going to go with the Blind Dead. Okay, I like that. I, I love me some Knights Templar. I think I'm going to go with the Blind Dead also, only because they have swords and shields, and they will, and they have uh, zombie horses too. So there's that. Zombies. They just they're just zombies. So. I mean, they're slow as shit, though. And really, depending on which movie you watch, in some of them, as soon as the sun comes up, they all just fall over. So that's kind of dumb. I'm going with the Blind Dead anyway. That's your Terra Dome matchup for the weekend, mates. Uh, it's the Blind Dead versus the Zombies. The Mental Health Hotline is area code 775-387-0275. Or get me on the regular old email at thepaddedroom2011 at hotmail.com. While you're contemplating that matchup, we're going to tell you what movies we got to watch this week in a little segment called What Are You Looking At? What are you looking at? How about Cthulhu Mansion from 1992, Jason? Ooh. Pick this guy up on uh, Vinegar Syndrome, as we just mentioned. Uh, great box art, not very good of a movie. Stars the daughter of William Shatner. I forget her name already, but <laughs> she acts just like William Shatner. <laughs> a lot of unnecessary pleading and crying and hair flipping and things of that nature. Um, some drug dealer kids run afoul of a magician and try to hold up in his house. Of course, there's all kinds of elder demons in his basement and things like that. The drug dealer kids, um, well, they're probably in their late thirties actually, but they act completely ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm sold. You're going to love it. Uh, it's dumb as shit, but I remember watching it, um, Probably when it came out, like 90s or mid-90s, thinking, this is actually pretty scary. I was, (laughs) oh, there's demons in the mansion and this ridiculous magician guy. I watched that, and then I watched The Children from 1980. Also got that one off of uh, Vinegar Syndrome. I hear this is a a very special title to you. It is. It's uh, it's not a good movie. It's dumb as shit. Um It is the very first horror movie that I ever saw in my life. And I could have swore that this was made for TV, but goddamn if there isn't a pretty nice set of boobs in here. Mm. So there's that. Uh, basically, you have a bus full of kids on their way home from school drive through a toxic waste cloud, which doesn't necessarily turn them into zombies, but it does give them black fingernails. Ooh. I tell you what. And the if, dreaded black fingernails. If they give you so a, it makes them goth. Uh, yeah, 
but they kind of act like zombies, like they do a lot of this. No, okay. And they don't bite you or eat you. They will give you a hug, at which point orange smoke will come billowing out of you, and you will basically melt into your own clothes. And uh, there's that. How do you kill these these ravenous youngsters, you ask? Clip their fingernails. You have to cut their hands off. Hey, kind of close. That's the only way you can <laughs> kill them, Jason. You could shoot them. They get right back up, cut their hands off. You get the orange dust cloud, and then they they melt into their clothes. And that's the children from 1980, my friend. That's all I'm looking at. What do you got for us? Well, <clears throat> we've been on a tear. All right. So Sarah wanted to know why I love certain movies. Okay. So I uh, watched Trick or Treat 1986 okay. uh, with it. her. What'd she think? She really liked it. Okay, very cool. She actually really enjoyed it. Sure. Uh, agreed that the soundtrack was rocking. Absolutely. Um, something I, after all of these watchings that I never knew, hmm. uh, the demon kind of thing in the car yeah. Never with the big ass tongue. Yeah. Never made any sense to me. No. There's backstory. To that thing? Who would have thunk it? I did not me. Apparently. So, and I never even noticed this, but uh, Sammy Kerr actually has a tattoo of that. Really? On his shoulder. No shit. It's the demon name Skeezix. Oh. And apparently they, they wanted to give the, the demon more kind of, it, or there was regret that they didn't give it more of a kind of. Backstory. Backstory. Okay. So it finally makes a little sense. And I never even noticed that damn tattoo on him. Me neither. Anyway, so we watched that. Now we know. We watched Critters. Okay. First one? Yes. Okay. Uh, We rewatched that uh, almost a year to the day uh, from the last time. Uh, Tragedy Girls, rewatched that. That's a really fun movie. Yeah, it's not a bad show. Watched Friday the 13th remake, the most recent one. I'm not at all mad at it. The only thing I did, a lot of people give that one flack. And because I think the reason why is because they turned Jason Voorhees into this weird survivalist kind of camper dude. Yeah. I get it. That's not him. I like, I really liked uh, how much more animated and like athletic he was yeah. though. Oh, yeah. There's this one, one kill in particular where he's very athletic in the delivery. Yeah. He actually runs. Yeah. yeah. And it looked great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, not bad. Uh, we watched Ernest scared stupid. (laughs) Why why not? (laughs) Uh, speaking of nostalgia, that was one from Sarah's childhood. I Uh, I had never seen it. It's don't know when we'll rewatch it again. Hopefully around Halloween. (laughs) Uh, she got to see terror vision for the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Is he a manly man? Oh, that movie. (laughs) And rewatched innkeepers. Okay, give me a... After the last time you and I talked about it... Give me a new rating on The Innkeepers. So, I am not offended by this movie at all. Okay. It's a slow burn. It is. um, Which I like. Uh, I wasn't mad at it at all. I think I was just... I I was really pissed at it to begin with because people were saying it was very scary. It's not scary, no. Now, but your take on the innkeepers was that there were no ghosts. Well, okay. So that's not necessarily my take. That was something I read about it. And that was that there was no ghosts. Everything was basically happening in, uh, what's her name? Sarah Paxton's character. It was happening in her head. Because, like, if I'm, she was like the, the blonde chick. Is that who that was? Yeah. Wow. Who knew? Yeah. She's, okay. uh, 
She's kind. Of, she's kind of become a, a genre actress. Hmm. Uh, I think she's that boy. Her. I didn't think that was her. Yeah, but uh, the the premise behind that is that whenever Pat Healy is in the scene, mm-hmm. nothing happens. Only when she's alone does something happen. Yeah, and um, the only from what I understand, and this whole we I broke this whole thing down like seven years ago when I did it on the show. Mm-hmm. If you watch that very last scene. Very, very, very carefully. And like these days, you can watch it in slow-mo and adjust the contrast and stuff like that. The only ghost in that movie is Sarah Paxton herself in that last scene. So when the guy who checks into the hotel that kills himself, uh, at the towards the end of the movie, um, he reveals himself to her. Uh, that ghost doesn't exist? Okay, so the thought process behind that, as you'll recall, the guy was going in there and he's requesting a, a specific room. Yeah. Pat Healy won't give it to him because all the furniture's been taken out of there. Uh, whatever, Sarah's character's name, she comes in and agrees, okay, well, you can have it, but there's no furniture in there. I'll bring you up a pillow and some blankets and you can have it. The, the logic behind that was that she knew why he was going up there to kill himself. Or wanted that specific room because she had checked him in with his wife on previous encounters. Mm-hmm. She knew damn well while he was going up there. And that being said, she fully expected to encounter within the confines of this haunted hotel in her mind the ghost of that guy. She then fabricated it in her own head. Mm-hmm. That's one theory. All right. If you really want to get do a big deep dive on the innkeepers, yeah, maybe at some point. But the the part that gets me is the last thirty seconds. When and again, you really got to be watching. Just before the door slams, you can see like a very vague, faint outline of Sarah Paxton. She just looks at the camera real quick, and then the door slams. Okay, it's you really got to look for it. Hmm. All right. It's just a theory. I don't know that I necessarily subscribe to it. I haven't seen it in years. So you had you had said, okay, based upon X and based upon innkeepers, uh, what's your opinion of Ty West? So I went back, rewatched Innkeepers. I really like X, and but you also mention uh, your next. Yeah. Now, but his only involvement with that was a very short acting bit, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. He didn't do anything else, right? I don't think so. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I like him for dying. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Ty West. Now I'm going to point you in a direction here, and this was, as far as I know, Ty West's first movie. I fucking loved it. It's It sounds ridiculous. It's about killer bats. It's called The Roost. Okay. If you can dig it up, you know what? I'll order it as soon as we're done here. I'll go on Amazon and order it. I think you're going to love it. Very atmospheric. Uh, these kids' car breaks down in the middle of the night, and they have to try to find somewhere to go. They end up in an old barn. Killer bats. Uh, in a weird way, zombies kind of show up, but I think you're going to dig it. Okay. I'm going to I'm gonna buy it as soon as I get off. Get That's off. all I've been looking at. All righty. Let's do a little immersion therapy, my friend. <laughs> immersion therapy. Did you get a chance to check out Spell? Didn't have a chance to rewatch it, but uh, I own it and watched it uh, last year, October 27th. 
Okay. That's a wildly <laughs> specific reference, but all right. Hey, I'll log them all. I actually really dug this one. No, uh, it was pretty, pretty good. good show. It's, uh, From everything I remember of it, we it, both really liked it. Basically, Misery with Voodoo. And, uh, I like and me a good voodoo movie. I love me a good voodoo movie. Uh, Skeleton Key's the the bomb. Have you seen the sequels? To Skeleton Key? There are sequels to Skeleton Key. Oh, boy. Key. It gets pretty nutty. I've never even heard uh, of it. You don't want it. Um, Omari Hardwick played the main guy in this. I think I'm turning gay for Omari Hardwick. He also played... That guy's built like a brick shit house. Tell you what, and he actually got in better shape than he was in this one. Yeah. You'll know him from... Uh, he was Vanderho in uh, Army of the Dead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty... I, I mean... Yeah, he, I, did, he did great in this. Um, it's great sets, great scenery. Um, the pacing's really good. Um, a lot of things I, I can't really recall specifically about it, but uh, I do remember giving it about a 6 out of 10, which is, you know, for, yeah. <laughs> it's there, pretty good. Oh, totally. For you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's some very guttural scenes in which he's trying to escape, and has he has that fucking railroad spike in his foot. Oh, yeah. And he takes it out, and then to convince the old lady that he's not trying to escape, he has to put it back in. It's pretty gnarly. Uh, good show. Definitely worth checking out. That one was on Amazon Prime. Jason, I have tax- tasked you with this week's immersion therapy. What do you got for us, big guy? Oh, boy. I have already forgotten the name of it. Oh, The Sadness. There we go. You can find it right now on Shudder. The Sadness from 2022 on Shudder. Something to do with rape zombies. <laughs> Very rapey zombies. I, 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 I'm not big on rape, but I do like zombies. That's just me. Uh, so check that shit out, inmates. We'll do the same and compare notes next week. But now it is time to educate me. Educating Miss Monica. First, my clues from last week. Uh, I am a newlywed out on my first outing with my blushing young bride. We went to her familial familial lake home where some really weird shit went down. Uh, weird lights in the middle of the night. I think she's uh, got some weird fungus or something all of a sudden. I don't know what her problem is. And then that fucking ex-boyfriend shows up out of nowhere. He's asking all kinds of questions. Uh, I am, of course, honeymoon. Jason, worth checking out uh, if you're in the mood for a slow burn and you don't like the hintings and allegations of aliens. If you're into that, if you can stomach it, then by all means, go with it. Who might I be this week, you ask? Well, I am a um, somewhat down-on-my-luck artist with a, a young family. We just moved into a new house. I am, however, a through-and-through metalhead, Jason, and so is my 14-year-old daughter. Uh, Why this big fat guy keeps showing up at my door, and I can't get any goddamn sleep at night, I'm starting to think something weird is going on here. Uh, My wife said I just slept walk out of the house in the middle of the night. What the fuck is going on? And who left that guitar and the amp in the front yard? Who might I be? Tune in next week to find out for sure, my friends. I will drop some knowledge. In the meantime, Jason Harrell, thank you very much for joining me this week. I think that's about going to do it for us this week. Um, You got anything else? 
That's it for me. All right. I, oh, I heard the uh, Evil Dead game came out on PS4. You going to get it up? I'm going to have to. All right. I can't not do it. It's getting great reviews so far, by the way. Uh, for the Evil Dead game, Miss Monica in Absentia, Buddy in Absentia. Uh, oh, jo- of course, join us next week for Scream 5 here in Scream Month. Like, comment, subscribe also wherever you found the show. That helps our visibility. Patreon link at paddedroom.podbean.com. Get yourself some Padded Room swag and some hardcore pornography. Um, in the meantime, for Buddy and Absentia, Monica and Absentia, Jason Harrell, who is here, Mrs. Harrell, who is probably listening, uh, guitar playing fat guys in the front yard, critters, all the irreparable damage they can do, and the Padded Room podcast. I'm afraid visiting hours are over. Bye, everybody. Why did the triangle feel sorry for the circle? Because it was pointless.